the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, we've had some technical difficulties this morning, which is not unusual for us, uh, but I'm glad that we're about to get started. You want to get right to it and introduce our guest? Yeah, so we've had this person on the podcast before, and it's, it, to me, it's a really, really special guest. We've only had a few repeat guests. I think, I think Bob is our third repeat guest. Seth Price and John Fisher being the other two. We may have had one other, but I can't remember if it is. So let's say that Bob is our third repeat guest. It's Bob Berg. And honestly, he doesn't need much of an introduction, but for 30 years, he has helped companies, sales leaders, and their teams to more effectively communicate their value, sell at higher prices with less resistance, and grow their businesses based on endless referrals. But most of you probably know him from the book, Go-Giver, which I talk about all the time. So does Jimmy. Bob, welcome back to the show. You know, I, I so appreciate that introduction. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you both and, and the great work y'all do. Bob, so talk to us about what's the latest with The Go-Giver. I mean, the book itself, uh, you know, there's a whole series now of The Go-Giver. And The Go-Giver book itself has been a great framework for both Tyson and I. It's a, it's a wonderful fable on life and how to approach life. But where, where do things stand with The Go-Giver as it's expanded into the universe? Well, thank you. It has, you know, has really been a journey. And of course, uh, so much of its success is due to John David Mann, my co-author, but really the lead writer and the storyteller, who's just such a, a magnificent wordsmith. And so I, I'm so thankful for that collaboration. And, you know, people like yourself who really have gotten behind and been our, our go-giver ambassadors, if you will. So, you know, we really appreciate that. So, yeah, there are four books in the series now. Three of them are parables. The latest one is The Go-Giver Influencer, which came out a couple of years ago. The original one is now at about, we say 950,000, but since then it's, it's climbed. I think it's closer to 975,000. And uh, so, you know, we're excited about the progress of it, but really we just, you know, we love the feedback that we receive from people such as yourselves who are, uh, you know, already successful people long before you ever read the book and you were doing these principles. You know, we always say there's nothing in this book that's particularly new, all right? And so, yeah, you know, the, the progress with it has just been a, a fun ride, fun journey. 
So Bob, I'm, I'm curious, because I don't think we got into this the last time we had you on, but what, what were some of your personal experiences that helped you kind of with the go-giver and formulate the story? Well, you know, it really was from uh, the Endless Referrals book, which was a, a how-to book. And that was really kind of my first book, the first big book back in the, the 90s. I think it, the first um, edition of it came out in, in 94, I think. And it was really on how people who, and we had a lot of attorneys actually plug into this book. And because it was for people who, they had a great product or service. They knew it brought immense value to the, that the, they brought immense value to those they serve, but they may have, maybe didn't feel comfortable in the process of building relationships. And as you all know, people such as attorneys and uh, other professionals, uh, accountants, dentists, uh, you know, people who have mastered a craft, mastered a skill, are great technicians, are great practitioners, they really don't want to think of themselves as salespeople. And yet, you know, a lawyer needs to sell their legal services, right? Or they can be the best attorney in the world and not have any people that they're serving. So it was really a how to confidently go out there and be able to meet new people and develop relationships where people would begin to know you, they would like you, they would trust you, they would want to do business with you and or refer you to, to others. And so that was really how that began. But as I you know, worked with that book and, and was doing my programs, my speaking programs, I, you know, I, I'm a big reader and I always, one of the, the types of books I love to read are business parables because they're stories. And, you know, as, and I've spoken with, with of course, uh, our mutual friend, Mitch Jackson, and we talk about how stories, right, are so powerful when it comes to communicating an idea. Uh, stories that come from the heart enter the heart. You know, it, they, they, stories connect on an entirely different level. And so I always uh, enjoyed reading them. And I thought, what if we could take the, the basic idea of endless referrals and turn that into a, a parable? And it was really a matter of saying, okay, so these 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 attorneys, these entrepreneurs, these salespeople who are able to, to build and cultivate these know, like, and trust relationships both quickly and sustainably, okay, and both are important. What's their, their essence? What is it that they do? And it's that they're always giving. Their focus is on giving value to others. And so it was very easy to say, okay, well, name of the book, The Go-Giver, right? And so then it was just a matter of saying, okay, now what are the principles that are, that are basically used? And John David Mann, who, and John was a very successful entrepreneur before he began his, his uh, writing career. And as John and I have both had our various businesses, our successes, our failures, uh, and have made a study of other people's successes and failures and so forth, you begin to recognize, I think, over time, certain principles that when they're applied together in conjunction, that's what results in, in success. And success, whether we're talking financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, they all seem to you know, kind of be the same in a sense. They transfer across the board. But so we just took those and we, we named those principles as, you know, as they fit into a, into a story. So that, that's really how that came about. When you talked about creating value and providing value, you know, what, we spent a lot of time in our group talking about creating content. And a lot of people seem to think that they shouldn't give away their best stuff, that when they're 
making their YouTube videos or making their newsletters that they should hold some stuff back, like their best tips on how to get this case approved or their best tip on how to run a law firm. Sometimes people are very proprietary and don't like to share. And I know that's in total conflict with the go-giver mentality. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, intuitively, it would make sense, right? Because, well, if I give away too much, people aren't going to need me. That's usually not the case, though, because even when you do a how-to, some really great content about how to accomplish a certain thing that you might want to do, I think people know that if they really want, most people don't know, if they really want to be able to do this correctly, they need to engage that person who has put out that information because that person's the one who's going to be able to help them walk through it. So there typically, you know, isn't a, a need to do that. Now, in terms of proprietary with regards to, well, could someone, could another attorney maybe steal my information and do it as their own. Well, you know, I'm a big believer in, in private property rights and in copyright and so forth. And no, you, that you, you know, you should, that's theft when someone does that. Now, it doesn't ever happen. Well, sure, because people are people. And unfortunately that is it, but you know, by and large, Jim, it works out that when you just put that out there and you, you, don't really, and I'm not saying not to concern yourself with certain elements, but when you don't focus on those negative elements, by and large, it's going to come back to you in in, in big ways. And it's really not as as big a concern. Doesn't mean it's not frustrating. I've certainly had my stuff stolen. And, uh, you know, they they can say, well, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, it's also the sincerest form of theft. But so, you know, just because someone wants it doesn't mean it's right. But really, I think if we, if we, focus on that. We're just not going to put out information. You know, everything you do, you have to say, oh, well, is this going to, nah, you know what? It's just been shown. If you just watch it over time, the, the more good content you put out there, the more you position yourself as that, that expert, that go-to person. And it, it tends to come back in a, in a good way. Yeah. And what's interesting is most of the content that all of us put out has been put out by someone before. (laughs) It has been put out by somebody before. It's not like we've invented everything. Some of it's unique. unique. So I have a a question about providing value versus self-promotion because there's such a fine line between that, right? So how, I guess, what would, what advice would you give people to, to actually providing value as opposed to just promoting themselves? Because, Promotion's important, right? But sometimes it looks a little selfish whenever you do it. So what's your advice to people on that? Well, I think it's, it's important that when we put out content that we kind of go over it and make sure that it, that it doesn't appear self-promotional. Hey, here, here's why. You know, nobody, and I, I say this when I speak at sales conferences, and it, it really hits home, and that is that nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? As an attorney, no one's going to engage you because you have a mortgage payment or want to build your law firm, okay? They're only going to do so. They're going to engage you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So it's actually in your best interest if you want to get your content consumed to develop that reputation as that person who's constantly putting out good content. Now, that doesn't mean you're not, you are promoting yourself as you're doing that, but it also doesn't mean you can't promote within or promote at certain times there. You know what I'm saying? We just got to make sure that what we do is not make it an infomercial because if we do that, it loses all value really to that other, other person. 
So we want to do it in a way that's that's appropriate. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M-A-X-L-A-W-1-0-0. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say don't let another day go by, try Smith AI. You had a great video recently on your Influence and Impact blog about the difference between empathy and sympathy. And we as lawyers have to sort of deal with people sort of at sometimes at their worst or at their weakest points. And so can you talk to our listeners a little bit about the, that distinction between empathy and sympathy? Well, you know, this is something that, again, was not an original idea of mine. And in the video, I credited Zig Ziglar as, as having uh, first uh, taught that and uh, also uh, credited uh, something uh, wonderful I had read in Tim Sanders' book, The Likeability Factor. But yeah, you know, it's certainly not an original idea on my part. And the two words sound very similar. And they are, as I said, they're cousins, but they're not siblings, right? And sympathy is really when you, you know, you feel badly, but you're feeling badly for someone, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. It means you're human. It means you have a heart and a soul. But sometimes sympathy, when you're, when you're sympathetic only, you're, you're so involved in their problem that you become a part of the problem. And Zig gave a great uh, example of that, that I, that I cited in the uh, video. And that is, if you come across someone who, if you're on a, a cruise ship and you come across someone who's seasick, if you're sympathetic and only sympathetic, you're going to be so wrapped up in their sickness and their, and their suffering that you'll get seasick, you know, you'll get sick and you won't be able to help that person. When you're empathetic, Sure, you feel badly, but now you're kind of placing yourself in their situation in a way that's, that's more positive, in a way that allows you to be a part of the solution. When you're empathetic, you say, okay, there's an issue there. There's a problem there. What can I do to help? Okay, because now it's about them. It's not about you and your feelings. It's about them and their feelings. So you'll get the person a cold washcloth. You'll get them some seasickness pills, maybe. Uh, you'll send for the ship's doctor. You know, you'll do those things that help live in the, in the solution. And certainly as attorneys, I mean, you've got to, if you just sympathize for everybody and only sympathize for your clients, they'd be in trouble because you wouldn't be able to help them. If you empathize, okay, now it's about them and how you can now get with them and help come up with a solution. I love that. I have not read that article, so I'm going to have to read that. That's, that's really good. So I have an interesting question, I think, and I, I, I'm guessing you probably get this all the time, but of the five laws of stratospheric success, is there one that's more important than every other? You know, I, it's, it, it, and it really is such a, a great question. 
I don't know if there's one that's necessarily in any more important because if you take any of them away, you really cannot be as, as totally successful as you, as you would be. Okay. But I think there are ones that well, first that we relate to more than others. And then there, I think, then I think there are those that we need to work on more than others. So for example, you may really relate to uh, the one about, um, about value, let's say, and you're so focused and you're really good at that. I mean, you, you have a way of really combining, you know, excellence and consistency and attention and empathy and appreciation and all those things that help bring immense value to someone else. But maybe when it comes to receptivity, right? Allowing yourself to receive the abundance that you've earned through providing that value. Maybe there are some issues there. So it's not that one is any more important, but some that we may find to be more of a, of a strength already and others we need to, to work on. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy about your Twitter feed is that it's very positive, right? You're, you're always sharing good stories of people overcoming problems and things. And so one of my problems is I get really caught up in the issue of the day and I get mad and I hop on Twitter or I post things on Facebook. Tyson loves to point out the inconsistencies and in the things that I post. And I've been thinking, boy, wouldn't it be nice to just be outside of or above all that stuff? How do you sort of maintain that mindset to sort of just focus on the things that are good in the world as opposed to getting all caught up in the hot issue of the day? Well, you know, I, I just love that because the fact is I, I don't, I have to work on it consistently, <laughs> right? Because I'm like, I'm like both of you, probably we're all like most people, you know, we do get caught up in these issues and we're emotional about it because it's very meaningful to us. And, and um, you know, it, it's really difficult sometimes to separate ourselves. I think what we need to, to do is, and again, it's a work in progress for me as, as much as anyone, is to always look at, first of all, what we can control and what we can't. And, you know, the Stoics, of course, talked about that. That was such a main emphasis of, of theirs about living in what you could control and acting on that. But what you couldn't control, being able to accept that it was something you couldn't control. Michael Singer is one of my favorite, and there's, of course, many wonderful teachers such as, such as he. But his, his two books, The Surrender Experiment and um, The Untethered Soul, you know, I go back and listen and read passages from that because there's so much he talks about in terms of you're really understanding that our happiness is really a, a function of that kind of positive detachment, you know, not being attached to a certain thing, because when we're attached, we can't be happy because basically attachment means by definition that our, that our sense of happiness, of well-being or of peace of mind is dependent upon another thing. And if it's something we can't control, we simply can't be happy. Now, all that said, it's still difficult. And so what I really try to do is when I post or tweet or, or what have you, I just simply ask myself the question, is this coming, is it coming from a place of love? Is it coming from a place of peace? Is it coming from a, a or is it coming from fear or anger or whatever? And usually that helps me know whether it's something that I should post or tweet or not, or if it's something I might regret doing. I also ask, will this add value to the conversation? And remember, that doesn't mean 
that we don't comment or that we don't disagree, but we want to disagree in such a way that we don't disrespect that other person, but rather we talk about ideas. I, you know, I often say, and I've, you may have seen my tweet on this, that where I, I, I say that, you know, tact and kindness should never be confused with compromise. We can always speak tactfully and respectfully to others without compromising our values. That's fantastic. And Jim, you need to adopt everything that Bob just said before you post anything, okay? I and do, I do. There's, it's it's just hard. I need to adopt it too, because I still have to work on it. It's, we all do. I think, I, I think you're right. <laughs> That's a great point, Tyson. You're right. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> so, all right, so Bob, I mean, unless you're under a rock, you've been living on a rock, everyone knows we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? And we're not able to go out and have coffee with people to build relationships and have lunch with them. Um, it's, it's difficult to have that human interaction. So you're, it's, it's hard to build those relationships because especially the people that are dependent on referrals, um, that's hard. I, I keep getting a bunch of LinkedIn requests from people because I, I can tell they want to have a, a phone call as opposed to a coffee. I guess I don't have a major question, like a really defined question here. I just, I guess, what's your advice to people right now while, while we're in the middle of this? Um, it's, it's a tough time. It is. And I think it goes back to dealing in truths, which successful people tend to do. They, they look at the situation for what it is and they accept the truths of what is. Now, please don't misunderstand. That doesn't mean you just accept that there's nothing you can do about it. But what it does mean is you look at what is, you look at, you understand the truths of it, and then you go right back to what can I control? in my actions, in my thoughts, and what can't I control? And you operate accordingly from there. Uh, the fact is there are certain restrictions, whether it's just understanding for our own sake of health or whether it's government restrictions or whether it's, you know, what have you, that we don't have control over. So we said, so let's say we're talking about bringing value to others. We ask the question, okay, so how do I? <laughs> you know, if I can't meet someone at, uh, uh, Tyson, it looks like you have a Starbucks cup, so it would be a meeting at Starbucks with me at Dunkin' Donuts. So, you know, if we can't, but if we were to meet, I would meet with you at, at, at Starbucks. And, and <laughs> but, uh, you know, so what can we do? Well, you know, a great way is to, to hop on the phone or hop on. Now, but here's the other thing, you know, you can't just get on the phone with everyone too. You know, I, I get all these people asking me to, you know, get on the phone for a conversation. LinkedIn, you get that a lot, right? Someone connects with you on LinkedIn. And so I've had to be able to, in a, you know, in a polite, in a, a kind way, just let people know I'm not able to take phone calls just to say hi and everything. Uh, but that of course, if they have a specific question or, you know, need help with something, please always feel welcome to ask. And in that way I'm able to, but, but that's just me. You know, we can, we can do things however we decide is going to be the best way to, to connect. Bob, what about leadership during this time? And at our firm, a lot of the team members are feeling sort of fatigued, sort of burnt out. They're, we have some parents of young kids who are trying to juggle all this stuff. And a lot of people are feeling like everything sort of blended together, like they're just scrambling to keep everything going day to day. How do we lead people who are sort of in that place right now? One thing I've seen is that leaders who are holding these, you know, video meetings right now uh, with, with everyone working from home have really made a point, the effective ones have really made it a point to be more personal, uh, that, it, that it's not just business, but to really communicate that you care about 
your team members. I, I was reading, and this was a, a tweet, and I wish I could um, credit who the leader is, but they, they never said. But he or she, when, when they ha- held their team meeting through, uh, through Zoom, they would actually go around to all the participants and, um, and just, you know, just bring up personal questions first. You know, how's things going with your family? What, do you, what are some of the things you're doing to, you know, teach the kids and helping with their homeschooling? And, and they were actually discussing ideas and throwing around ideas from, from everybody, making it a, a circular discussion. Then after that was through, then getting, getting down to business. And that's certainly not a panacea, but I think it is very important at this point for people to know that their leaders are thinking of them Always, it's important to be thought of as more than just an employee. But I think, especially at this time, it's very, very important for people to know that they're really, you know, yeah, they're in their homes, but they're not alone. They're still part of a a, a company family as well. So, Bob, I, and we're getting near the end of this episode, but I, w- I want to ask you, like, what is? I'm just curious, like, what is? What do you have planned for the future? Like, what what are, what are you going to be doing over the next five to ten years? I mean, what 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 are your plans? Well, my business partner, Kathy Tajnell, and I, and Kathy is just so, so brilliant. She's amazing. And um, we've put together a few things that we've been doing now over the, over the past few years to really build for the future, all of which is really fun because we really like to have fun at our, our work. <laughs> we generally don't do it if it's not fun. But we have been building um, a uh, certification program. We, we have about, I think, 55 or 60 certified go-giver speakers, uh, mostly in North America, but, but throughout the world who license uh, my, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, intellectual properties over the, over the past 30 years. And we teach them how to build a speaking practice, a speaking business, utilizing those materials. We're also doing much more online. So we, we have a, uh, just released our Endless Referrals, the Go Giveaway online video course. And so that's something over the next few years we really want to build. Because obviously, we can reach more people without, you know, without me having to be there through an online uh, video. And as I get older, because I'm 62 right now, uh, you know, I want to be on the road much less for, you know, so many years. I was just, you know, on the road a lot and uh, never really enjoyed that part. And again, as I get older, I'm less willing to do anything that's not really fun. <laughs> so I've been speaking no more for the last couple of years. I've been speaking no more than 20 times outside of, of Florida. But, you know, this, this pandemic has gotten me really used to being home all the time, and I really like it. So it's going to take a real lot for me to go on the road. <laughs> now, Kathy and I do also have our endless referrals to go give away in the form of a two-day workshop, a live workshop that we hold in Orlando. Uh, but that's just a couple of hours drive for me, and that's fine. But So all those things help us to continue doing the business, have a lot of fun with it, bring what we hopefully feel is a lot of value and uh, you know, being able to take the, the business to a, you know, to another level. Jim, I see a, a two day trip in our future through Matt and lawyer. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Be all with us. Sure. That'd be awesome. Bob, for my last question, talk to us a little bit, if you would, about your routine, your daily, your daily routine, how you sort of get going in the morning and sort of, I, I know that you have tons of books that I know that you read and share great insights on. Talk to us a little bit about sort of how you set your day. Uh, I'm up at five o'clock and um, first thing I do, and I know people say don't do this, but I check my emails and social media. Now, not on my phone because I don't do any of that stuff on my, on my phone, but you know, I, I work out of my home. So my commute is downstairs. 
So, you know, I put that first cup of coffee on and I really don't even need coffee to wake up. I just enjoy it. And uh, so I, and I, for the, for the first, uh, I'm usually, by the time I feed little Calvin the cat, uh, it's usually about 5.15, 5.20. And for the next uh, 50, uh, 55 minutes or so, I, I check my emails, social media, answer correspondences. It's just important for me to be able to answer people. Uh, and, um, and then Diane, who is my trainer, who has been for the last 10 years, she comes in usually at about 6.05, 6.10. We, uh, she takes me through a workout five times a, a week. And I, I do that because I really don't like working out. And if I didn't have her doing this, I wouldn't work out. She also prepares all my meals every day uh, that I just have to microwave and I know what I can eat because I love junk food. I could live or maybe not live on pizza and ice cream sundaes and donuts. But uh, so she, so, so I, I really, what she does is she keeps me, <laughs> keeps me going in a way. But so, uh, and so by the time the workout is through, it's uh, I guess about seven o'clock or so, if I'm timing this right, I maybe go back, answer a few things, and then I go hit the showers. And then I'm really uh, back here. I do a bunch of reading in the morning and then I start the day. You know, it's, it's probably a little different for most people because again, uh, the, 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 the wisdom is, you know, don't get on the computer too early, but I did. I absolutely love that. I, it was funny. It, it was uh, my turn to wrap things up, and I was so fascinated in listening to you to talk about things. I like hearing other people's morning routines. Jim, I'm glad you asked that question because it, I, especially whenever you hear successful people talk about what they do in the mornings, it's, it's great. So by the time it's 7.30 in the morning, you've done more than half the people have done an entire work day. So <laughs> but only because I create that frame the context where it has to happen. Because again, if Diane wasn't in the picture, I wouldn't work out and I'd eat something junky. So, you know, I, I, um, it's worth it uh, to me to make sure that's, uh, you know, that's part of it. The major lesson. Very, very good. That's a very good lesson for this episode. Just that piece by itself. But I do want to wrap things up before I do. I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, get involved there. Uh, we got a lot of great people in the Facebook group sharing information every single day. Um, if you also, if you don't mind, if you, if you enjoy podcasts like this one, this is an excellent one, um, this specific episode, not talking about me and Jim, I'm talking about Bob. He's amazing. Uh, give us a five-star review. We will appreciate it. Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? So speaking of books, I just finished a phenomenal book that Joey Vitale gave me. I think I've mentioned it a little bit. It's called Limitless by Jim Quick. He, it's a great, great book. Bob was talking about telling stories and Jim opens up the book telling about an incident when he was in grade school and he fell in his classroom and hit his head on a radiator and he had real bad brain problems after that. His teacher actually called him the boy with the broken brain and he took that and turned it into a, a life study of the brain. So he's a real expert on speed reading, on memorization. And he's just built this huge following. He has a podcast and now this book. All, he, he's, he's all about building people's brains. And he says, leave no brain behind. And so the book itself is really fantastic when it comes to what nutrition should I be doing to build my brain? What activity should I do to build my brain? How do I, how do I have the right mindset, the right motivation? It was just a phenomenal book. I, Joey gave it to me on Kindle. I listened to it and I read it. I bounced back and forth and it's, it's phenomenal. It's good stuff. Excellent. I, it's on my list. It's a long list of books I need to read, but that's, that's on my list. It's near the top. 
Um, Bob, I don't know if you remember, but we always ask our guests to give a tip or a hack of the week. It can be a book, a podcast. Uh, it can be anything, really. Do you, do you have anything you can think of? And I know I'm putting you on the spot. That's okay. Let's see. As far as a book, I would say that art subjects, it's spelled S-O-B-C-Z-A-K, uh, art subject has the third edition of his immensely wonderful book called Smart Calling, Eliminate the Fear, Failure, and Rejection from Cold Calling. He believes not in cold calling, but smart calling. He is absolutely, when it comes to utilizing the phone, this guy is my go-to guy. Goodness, I think Business by Phone is his website and all his free materials too, his uh, newsletter, his, his uh, podcast, just uh, again, uh, so fantastic that uh, I recommend him highly. So that would be about the greatest hack I could, uh, I could provide. Excellent. Very, very good stuff. Before I get to my tip, I do want to make sure that uh, we let, let everybody know how they can reach Bob and, and really get involved with that, what he's doing. You've got gogiverspeaker.com. You've got berg.com. Thegogiver.com. You've got the GoGiver podcast, and then um, there's also your your workshop, July 20th and 21st, for those people that are comfortable traveling. Um, EndlessReferrals.com is where you can get involved there. So check out Bob. And Bob, anything else that you want to? Uh, I say promote, but anything else that you want to let people know about that they can get involved in that you're doing right now? Uh, at at Berg.com, if they scroll down, I have a, a, a video blog that I've been doing a couple times a week. Jim had mentioned that. So that's something they may be interested in uh, looking at. Fantastic. All right. So my tip of the week is to, it's, it, this relates to what Jim was talking about. And, and I, I know I tease Jimmy, but he has a lot of positive things on, on, on his Twitter feed and on his Facebook profile. He just mixes it, mixes it in with some negative stuff every once in a while. <laughs> I give, that's what I give him the trouble about. But my, here's my tip. I mean, I, I, I was sick of going to my Twitter account and just opening it up and seeing all the negativity. So I just started unfollowing all the negative stuff and, and following the positive stuff. So if, if that's something that's concerning you, which I think it should, I think you should have positive influences in your life. Follow more, more positive people, unfollow the negative people. Bob, thanks so much for coming on again. And, and it was, you're very generous with your time. Thank you so much. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate the two of you. Thanks so much for having me on. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.